What is up, Fat Guy Forum listeners? This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode. A couple things. First, I am very excited that this week, two new things are happening. One, this episode features the updated Fat Guy Forum, Fat Guy 5 questions. Two, if you are a member of the Patreon, the after show starts now. So this week, going forward, will be the brand new Fat Guy Forum after show exclusive to Patreons. So if you are not signed up, Check out the link in the the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving this show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to have you with us once again as we dive into another dude's story. This is officially the first episode of 2023, so Happy New Year, everyone. I hope that your holiday season has gone well. Things are good. You're starting the new year off on a good foot, and I'm just excited. This this week's guest, we've had... The, you know, the mother load of all technical difficulties getting ourselves together, but we're finally here and I am excited to talk to him today. Uh, his name is Britt and Britt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to have you here, man. Let's get right to it. Tell us, man, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Um, I started my journey pretty much 10 years ago or so, just consistently on and off diets. Um, I got up to about 500 pounds a couple years ago. Um, Went to a car show and just kind of struggled walking around. Um, had to take multiple breaks, walk back to the car, sit down, got back home, uh, stepped on the scale, maxed it out at 500 pounds, um, kind of had a little mental breakdown for a couple weeks and decided it was time to get help. Um, I started a weight loss program November of 20, 2020, I believe, and then uh, had gastric sleeve surgery July 19th of 2021. And I've lost a total of 262 pounds so far. Which is incredible. And, I, and we're going to dive into the details of all of that. But uh, as I feel like I say this all the time on the show now. Um, you don't wake up at 500 pounds one day, even if, you yeah. have, even if you have that moment of realization. Did you grow up a big kid? Like, where did it all start for you, man? Um, I've always been a bigger kid. Like, when I was little, we, my, my great-grandma and I would walk up to, like, our local pool. And we'd always stop at mcdonald's because it was the halfway point i liked getting the toys in the happy meals but i never felt like i was getting enough food from the happy meals so i would order my happy meal my grandma would order the quarter pounder extra value meal and all that and then i would eat that and she would eat the happy meal just so that i could get a toy um so that kind of started it and then she would always buy the snacks and the junk food and the soda and pretty much whatever i wanted so I was eight or nine years old, and I could knock out a, a whole Jack's pizza by myself and knock out a 12-pack of soda in a weekend. So it just it's always been eating the, the wrong things and just the quantity of stuff that I was eating. And so growing up, you know, did it, did it impact things you were doing? Like, what was, what was life like for you, kind of like headed into adult, you know? Were there... You know, you, you know the question I'm asking. Like, was were there challenges? Like, was there a point when you were younger that you thought about trying to lose weight? Like, what what was what were things like for you back then? Yeah, definitely. Like, 
again, I spent a lot of time with my great grandma when I was growing up. Uh, we went to, we were huge wrestling fans, like the WWE stuff. So we went to a lot of wrestling shows at our local like civic center. And I kind of noticed that I was bigger than everybody else when I was five, six, seven, around that same age. <clears throat> I'd go to these shows and I would see t-shirts that I wanted. And I'd have to get an extra large or a 2X. Like these adults are wearing these sizes that I'm wearing. And then there were times where I would buy a shirt and I'd go put it on and it'd be snug. So I'd have to take it back and try to switch it out. Um, I could probably pass as like a 13 or 14 year old when I was eight or nine, just because of my size, uh, around fifth or sixth grade, I tried to do Weight Watchers. I was going to the weekly meetings with, uh, um, my other grandparents, they were going, uh, we kind of tracked our food. I'd go weigh in every week with them. So I'd always thought about losing weight just because I had noticed the other kids were riding their bikes longer. They were rollerblading at the school. They were able to run farther when we were playing football or basketball or whatever in gym class. And I just always felt like I struggled to keep up with them. Mm. And you mentioned your grandparents went to Weight Watchers with you, which I, at various points, went with an aunt and went with my grandmother when I was a kid. Um, so did weight, were weight issues prevalent in your family? Oh, yeah. I mean, my grandma also had a gastric sleeve. She had a sleeve a month before me. Um, my dad's a bigger guy. My brother's a bigger guy. My other grandma is bigger. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of people in my family are a little bit bigger. And I think we're all just kind of built the same and have that same mentality of, I'm going to eat what I want. So, when, we don't really kind of um, worry about it until the medical issues start coming up. And that's when we're all like, we need to kind of do something. And how old were you? You know, you said when you were... you. You got on the scale and maxed it out at 500 pounds. How old were you then? Oh, I was, it was just a couple of years ago. I was 20 or no, 31, 32. So kind of like, was your weight just continuing to go up, you know, as you were going through like high school and college after, co or if, if you went to college, like just through that age range in your twenties, like what was that? What was it like during all that time? Cause like I said, you know, 500 pounds doesn't come from nowhere. Like, was it just like right. a steady increase or? Um, it was pretty much a steady increase. I mean, when I was 16 and got my driver's license, I was 310 pounds. Um, I got made fun of in high school just for my size. Um, before school, I'd get made fun of during school. I pretty much stuck with my same friend group and we talked about the same stuff. And, and there's a couple of bigger guys in my group, so it didn't really bother me. Um, but just being bullied, I'd go home and I'd snack and we'd go my friends and I would go out to eat all the time. I think we lived at our local Hardee's. Every time we'd get together and play video games, we'd always stop down at Hardee's and I'd get the monster thick burger and an extra chicken sandwich with the, the large curly fry and a large soda. And I'd eat that whole thing. And then in a couple hours later, we'd be right back down there ordering more food. Um, so it was just a lot of, again, snagging and just progressively putting on weight. I got into backyard wrestling with my friends. And then we started going to local wrestling shows and I started to focus on trying to lose weight. Um, I lost a little bit of weight, but I put it all back on. Mm. And what was it like? Cause you, you getting into the backyard wrestling and, and doing that, like, what was that like? Like just, what was that experience? Like, cause I think that's something people that listen to the show would be interested in. Oh man, it was fun. I mean, I've done some of the crazy stuff. Like you see the YouTube's, videos with the barbed wire, the light tubes. I've, I've fallen off a porch through a table with barbed wire and light tubes on it. Um, my friends and I would get together and just kind of wrestle in his backyard and 
somehow we got involved in this local wrestling show and we all put money together and actually bought a, a full-size wrestling ring. So we would set that up in my buddy's backyard and we'd film ourselves doing these matches. And then we got involved in this wrestling company a couple hours away and we started wrestling for them. And the next thing you know, I'm driving three and a half hours away every week to go train. And I actually started training and started wrestling. And I actually wrestled on and off for about five years every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. I think during the training and the course of beginning to wrestle, I lost about 104 pounds in the course of a year, just training a lot, eating better, and starting to work out. And then did that kind of, did, did that just end or did it, did you kind of move out of it because of how you were doing physically? Like what? Um, I always kept up on what I was eating. I would take like protein and stuff with me to shows. So I'd have something to eat before I'd have snacks on. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff that big guys wouldn't do. Like I was jumping out of the ring and doing front flips onto people. I ended up dislocating my shoulder. So I took four to six weeks off from my shoulder. Um, and I quit working out at that time because my shoulder, my second match back, I ended up landing on the top of my head and I pulled all the muscles in my chest, chipped my tooth, and then I sprained my neck. So at that point, I kind of took a big step back from everything. Um, I quit wrestling. I was maybe wrestling once a month. I was trying to get into a um, local semi-pro football team. So I started trying to make a transition from wrestling to football. Um, I eventually quit wrestling altogether and just focused on football. And I, I played semi-pro football until about three or four years ago because my neck was starting to hurt and I had an MRI doctor told me if I get hit wrong and hurt my neck again like I did I could be paralyzed so I just I stopped it all together well knowing that's that football is definitely a sport that can lead to injuries like that that probably was a smart decision I think so <laughs> oh for sure and so you come to this point you know with the car show like what was life you know was it on your mind, you know, before that incident or was it really kind of like a triggering incident for you in terms of knowing that you needed to, to actually say, okay, something really has to change? I think it was in my head that I needed to do something. Um, right before the car show, I had gone through um, a breakup. So, and it, this was right around the time COVID was starting. Mm. It was September of 2019 when they were starting to talk about it. Um, I just gone through a breakup, uh, about a year or maybe a year before. So I didn't really do much. I just kind of sat around at home. I thought about losing weight, thought about getting a gym membership, but told myself, I'm just going to pay for it. I'm never going to use it. But going to the car show and it was three days long and it was, we were outside walking around from the time we got there until we left. Um, just struggling, trying to catch my breath. I kind of realized I probably should do something. I didn't think that I was as heavy as I was at that point. It kind of blew me away when uh, I stepped on the scale and it, it said error. Um, so it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And then had a couple conversations with my mom and another friend of mine who had lost some weight and took a couple weeks and decided to go talk to my doctor about it. Mm. And at the point that you got on that scale and saw the, the error message, when had you, like, when was the last time you had even kind of checked in on your weight? 
Had it been a while? Um, I think it, it had been a little bit, um, probably about six months or so. I was, I was trying to get into magnet fishing for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if you know what that is or not. I do not. It's uh, so you take this real heavy magnet attached to a string and you throw it in the water of like a river oh, okay. or a pond. You try to drag like metal stuff up. Yep. Uh, so I was trying to get into that. I was walking along the beach and I actually tripped on a rock and hurt my foot. Um, I thought I sprained my ankle. I went to um, my doctor. I got x-rays and everything. And I think I was 470 at that point. And she was just concerned about the healing process just because of my size. And I had already been going to my doctor because I had high cholesterol. I had high blood pressure. I was borderline diabetic. I was having heart palpitations. Um, so I was going every six months to get EKGs to make sure that my heart was fine. During the appointment with my foot, she was concerned because my weight was progressively going up. And I kind of had this talk with her that if I don't do anything, I possibly won't be here in five years. So that kind of hit home. Uh, I kind of, I cried on the way home, called my mom. And then I didn't think anything of it until I went to that car show. And then I figured it's, it's time. Which I think is something that is, is more common than I think we talk about a lot. You know, it's people going, you know, going to the doctor, getting that mess, you know, getting that talk about, you know, your weight's going up. It's having this impact, you know, even having that discussion about mortality getting right. really upset by it and not immediately taking action. You, do you, what do you think it th was for yourself that it, it took another experience really for you to get to that place of taking action? I think just mentally, like I thought that I needed, the thought was there that I needed to change and I needed to do something, not just to lose weight, just to be healthier. I mean, I had a daughter in 2012. So as she was getting older, she would want to go outside and ride bikes and play around in the yard, and I was always using the excuse of, I'm tired, not today, or we'll go outside and play basketball, and I'm just going to stand in the spot, and you go get the ball. So I'd always felt bad that I wasn't living up to the expectation of being the, that dad that was doing things with her. Um, but after that talk of might not being here in five years, that scared me because I thought about all the things I'm going to miss in her life, and all the things that she's already missed out on because I wasn't feeling okay enough to go outside. So once I got back and I weighed myself, I think mentally, like I was, I was ready. I told myself for so long, it's time to lose weight. I need to do something. But having to miss out on car shows now that it's just walking around, I wasn't doing anything. It's not like I was showing cars. It's not like I was pushing anything. I was literally walking around taking photos. And I was getting out of breath doing that. And then it just, mentally, I was ready. Which, and, and I think that really is, it, it's that idea that it's almost like there's this cumulative effect that can happen sometimes. Like, right. you have to be in that place where you feel ready. Um, and, and I think sometimes people don't relate to that and really kind of understand. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's good to kind of normalize the idea that it's not always a, a light switch flips and things change. It can be that you know things need to change for a while and whether it's through not really knowing what path to take or what to do or even the prospect of all the things that you, you know you're going to need to change, feeling overwhelming. I, I think that's really normal. 
I do too. And I don't think a lot of people, like you said, I don't think a lot of people think about that. They just, they think they start their weight loss journey of going to the gym and that's it. But they don't think about all the other points in their life that they've thought about it before. So I think a lot of people, once they have their aha moment, they need to change. Everybody kind of remembers that moment as they're going through their weight loss journey. So anytime that I'm struggling in the gym or trying to eat better or not wanting to wake up to go work out, I just kind of think about where I was before, how I always put everything off as an excuse. And that moment of stepping on that scale and it's saying error. And it kind of motivates me to, yeah. to keep going. And those moments can be powerful. And, you know, I, I think it's also good, like, for us to, you know, remind ourselves that there were times where we got messages that things should change and we didn't change. Right. And that, that, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, black, lack of a better term, that paralysis or mobility to change is also something that's a part of us. So it can be easy to kind of slip back into those patterns if we're not, you know, conscious and aware and working through them and, and keeping it there when we do start to feel that happening. Right. So, no, you got it. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I was going to say it also like with trying to do that, like the support system on the side, whenever I was trying to diet before, the my girlfriend at the time had worked at Steak and Shake. So I was trying to go to the gym, uh, trying to work out, trying to lose the weight, but then she would come home and bring leftover Steak and Shake and burgers and stuff. So no matter what I was doing in the gym, it really wasn't doing anything because I was eating the burgers and everything right afterwards or right before. So it didn't, not having somebody that's able to help you mentally stay in your program or your weight loss journey. I think that's a big part of it too, is just having the stability and the, um, I can't think of the word and having just having the support as you're going along, because it does, it doesn't just take you, it takes the people around you to help you as well. Well, you know, look at kind of your stories beginning, like we're product, you know, and it's, it's not pointing blame or anything along those lines. Like, but we're products of our environment in a lot of ways, like familial habits are a real thing, you know, and it's not that anyone is intentionally like, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's get the kid, you know, a burger because the rest of us in the, in the family are having burger. Like it's just a part of the, the, fam the family culture, you know, the culture we grow up around, you know, they say we're the reflection of the people, you know, the five people we're closest to. Like, I think that plays out in so many ways. And in some levels, you know, people get frustrated by it when they're like, you know, I come from a family that has these habits and I kind of had to break out of that. And, you know, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying about your family or anything at all like that, but you hear that a lot from people. And instead of realizing, like, if that's a tool that took me in one direction, could it be a tool that takes me in another, like surrounding myself with people that are supportive and on similar journeys and things along those lines? Like it's, it's something for people to think about out there. No, I completely agree. It's just your habit and just what you're used to. So as you're going through your life or anything that you're going to, you just kind of guide towards everything else that you've done. So you maxed out the 500-pound scale and went to talk to your doctor. What happened when you did that? Um, I had talked to her um, about needing help. I was already taking – I was on depression medicine to begin with. Um, like I said, I had the high blood pressure, so I was taking medicine for that. I had high cholesterol. I was taking medicine for that. Um, she was concerned about being diabetic, so we were monitoring that. 
Um, I was supposed to do the sleep studies because she was afraid I had sleep apnea, and I kept avoiding that because I didn't want the machine. Uh, I sat down. I talked to her. Uh, we just talked about being depressed. Um, talked about just how life was going. Uh, it was around that time that my girlfriend had broke up to up with me, so I was living alone for the first time. Um, she had recommended maybe trying a uh, fentramine, which is a uh, suppressant, like a suppressant to help you not feel hu as hungry. And I had talked to other people. I thought about getting uh, surgery probably about 10 years ago. I had talked to my primary care physician. I went to one appointment, decided it's not for me, don't want it. I went a couple years after that, talked to my doctor again, decided I don't want it. And then this time I talked to my doctor again. Uh, talked about the gastric sleeve, the gastric bypass, the difference between both of them, and I decided, like, I think it's time. So she recommended it, that it would, she thinks it would be a good idea. In order to get a gastric sleeve, you have to do the six-month weight management program. So she gave me a referral to that, and I started that, and I think in my first month of just talking to them, helping with portion control, things to eat, I lost 20 pounds in my first month. And from, from the start of my weight loss program until surgery, I had lost 73 pounds just on my own, just eating better and working out. So I think talking to her, having that aha moment, and finally having that I need to do something is what really changed everything. Because there are some people that will get the surgery and they'll start losing a significant amount of weight. Even people that don't get surgery, they'll start losing a significant amount of weight and then like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm good here. And then they go back to their old ways. And I think that's one of my biggest fears is gaining the weight back and getting back to where I started. Which is something I think the general public that's not really investigating what the processes are really like and what, you know, the different surgeries and what you need to do and all of that. They see surgery as this almost like magic fix. Like, right. you have the surgery and rest of your life, no matter what you do. You can't gain weight back and you see it, you know, when people don't use their tools properly, the same with any way of weight loss, you don't use the tool properly. You don't get the results that you want to get from it. Right. And I see, I'm in a couple gastric sleeve groups and there's a lot of people in there that will have the sleeve in three or four years later, they're going back to their doctor to try to get it revised into a gastric bypass because they put the weight back on and just because I have surgery doesn't mean I'm losing weight. I, I go to the gym two to four days a week. I eat 80% of the time. I eat very clean and very healthy. 20% of the time, I eat pretty much whatever I want. I tell everybody the most important part about a weight loss journey is not only getting healthier, but developing a good relationship with food because it's okay to have ice cream. It's okay to have treats and snacks. You have to feel normal with everybody else but it's not okay to eat a whole container of ice cream by yourself. And it's not okay to eat two or three pizzas by yourself. So if I go out to eat with my family, I'm going to have a piece of pizza. I'm going to have a bite of dessert or whatever. I'm just not going to eat the whole thing like I used to. And I think that's a lot of what people don't really think about. They just think about, I had surgery so I can eat what I want and I don't have mm -hmm. to worry about it. Which one it's, it's, that's something I talk about with clients I work with. You know, I work with clients mostly in the ketogenic space, but 
when we talk about kind of worth it moments where they're going to have something that doesn't fit in necessarily with their plan, it's one, the first bite tastes the same as the last bite. So if there's 500 bites in between or two more bites in between, you're still getting that taste experience. And two, sometimes we have to to look and, you know, kind of as, especially when we haven't put that restriction on ourselves for so long when it comes to portions and learned about portion control or had portion control become a habit, you know, it's that idea that like, okay, I've determined that, you know, my kids are baking cookies for Christmas. So if my kids are hand making cookies, I'm going to try their cookies. So my kids make 16 different kinds of cookies. Does that mean I need to have 48 cookies at, by the end of the day? You said, you, you know, <laughs> there's that part of us that has to say, okay, is it rational for me to have 48 cookies? And I might want 48 cookies, but do I know that for what is 48 cookies going to do for me? Like, you know, thinking about those things I think is really important. And I, and I didn't want to let go past, like you talked about, like, because even with someone who has the sleeve, like the, the thing I hear the most from friends that have had it and people that have looked into it in my own research, like is, you know, the things you have to prioritize nutritionally after you have it done so that you're getting the nutrients that your body needs, you know, getting enough protein. And if you're living that life of, I'm just going to use this as, as portion restriction and still eat the foods that I loved before. And all you're eating is pizza. You're probably not getting the nutrients that your body needs in the, at the end of the day with the amounts that you're eating. Like there's just, there's more work to it than I think people think about, you know, cause it's, you know, I don't think every person thinks that people that have any kind of surgery are taking an easy way out. But I think there are people that look at it and say, well, you did this. And so now you don't have to do any work. Like it does no. all the work for you. And the reality, that's just not true. I spend so much time reading on Reddit or Pinterest, watching YouTube videos, TikTok videos, reading in groups and forums, just diets and healthy recipes and i make my own shakes because the pre-made shakes were kind of getting boring i i work third shift so there's sometimes when i have downtime i spend a lot of my time just researching things that i can eat that are sugar-free or how to make my own pizza and what workouts to do because i want to focus on my chest today instead of my back so i i spend so much time just doing the research and i don't think a lot of people do do that when once they have the sleeve or the bypass, I think they just, like you said, in that mentality of I can eat whatever I want because I'm going to lose the weight. And then a lot of the more successful people that I pay attention to are the ones that do focus more on their diets and put the work in. Like I still put in a lot of work just as much as somebody who didn't have the surgery. The only difference is my stomach capacity isn't as big as yours. Mm-hmm. And... And when you do that work is when you see the, see the results that you want to get, you know, you, you're, you get out of, I think you need to be an active participant in your journey, whatever you do. Like, Mm -hmm. I think as human beings often, especially when it comes to things like weight loss and health, we want to be passive. Like if you look back in like, I'm I'm trying to do some math because I know we're in the 2020s now, like look back like 60, 70 years ago, you look at fitness ads and it's like that belt that people would put on that would shake them. Or, you know, people doing like stim machines and things along those lines. And like, is there any way I can work out and get, get buff without having to do the work myself? Is there any way I can lose weight without having to do the work myself? Like there's a human nature response there of, we want things kind of given to us. And the reality is 
no matter what path you're taking to, to lose weight or get healthier or deal with medical issues you're dealing with, you need to be an active participant in that. You know, you need to, you need to understand. It kills me when I talk to someone who went into having something like the sleeve done and they did no research on their own. Like oh, that drives they, me nuts. Like they basically, the they went that people ask. Yeah. Like there's people that would be, Oh, I'm, I'm a month post up. When can I have a piece of pizza? A piece of pizza, like you're not even healed yet. You're thinking about pizza already. Like you need to start thinking about the healthier. Like you're, you just reset your whole life right now, and you're going to ruin it a month in. And that's the kind of stuff that drives me kind of crazy because there are people out there that would benefit from this surgery or benefit from losing weight that don't lose weight or they don't try to help themselves at all. And then you have people who get the surgery or are able to do everything they can to lose weight. And all they focus on is when the next time their next piece of pizza comes. And I think that drives me nuts. Oh, it's funny. Cause I, I was just rereading, um, reviewing a, a blog that I wrote a, probably two years ago now. Um, how, when, when the first question someone asks me about losing weight or trying keto or trying any specific diet is when can I have my first cheat meal? My response is always, I don't think you're ready to lose weight. Like you need to have your head in the game with what you're doing and you need to understand, you know, the ramifications of, of those kind of thoughts, you know, especially like you said, if you're within that heal, you know, the healing period is something I think people don't think about. Like if you have a, a, a you know, an external wound that's, that's stitched back up, like you think about that healing, you know, sometimes when we have things done internally, People don't think it's the same thing, but you're still going through the same, your body's still going through the same healing process. You need to follow what, what needs you, the proper precautions to take care of yourself. Right. And it blows my mind because how, how their minds think about pizza at a month or ice cream a month out, because that first month to three months after surgery was absolutely terrible between the liquid diet, the pureed diet, and just trying to get back to normal. I, the, I didn't have any energy. I was getting wore out just walking around the grocery store because I wasn't used to the things that I had to eat in order to keep up with my protein and keep up with my water intake. And pizza was the last thing on my mind or ice cream about eating that types of food. Like one, I will never eat jello again. I think I ate my weight in jello a week. Um, but just mentally, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. So now putting in the work is worth it because I struggled for those three months of the pureed diet and the liquid diet. I ate so much tuna and avocado mashed up together and so much jello and mashed potatoes. I was, I'd be okay if I never ate mashed potatoes and jello mm. again. Well, I think it speaks to, in one, I, I want to come back to this and because we haven't, I want to talk about kind of your personal experience, you know, kind of after everything, you know, so let's put a pin in that and come come right back to it. But I think it speaks to the power of dysfunctional relationships with food. Like when a person's first concern isn't healing, their first concern is when can I do this? Like, when can I do X? You know, when can, you know, I love when you see people ask who have just had surgery asking when they can have a carbonated beverage. Like even as someone who hasn't had the procedure done, I know that that's a red flag. Like, okay, you need to talk to someone about that. Like, it's it's just amazing to me, like, it really is about, you know, how those relationships with food and the things that we obsess on and focus on and deal with those challenges, you know, 
plays out even when a physical tool is involved. You know, even it's not, you know, cause you'll talk to some people who will say that, does, you know, it's not possible that someone's having those thoughts after surgery. And it's like, well, everything in this world, you know, we eventually discover is possible. So it may not be the same for everyone, but there are still going to be people that go through it in those places. So I just think it's important for, like you said, the biggest part of kind of hand in hand with proper nutrition and, and exercise and taking care of yourself, if you've had surgery or haven't had surgery, is working on that relationship with food and working on your mindset towards it and, and what that looks like. So you talked a little bit about right after surgery, you know, going through the pureed foods and the soft foods and, you know, getting back on solid food. Like, what was the surgery experience like for you? Like, how did it go, you know, in the weeks and months following the surgery? Um, it actually went a lot better than I thought it was going to. Uh, my girlfriend is a nurse. So anytime that I was worried about something, I would talk to her. Uh, I have, I work for an emergency. At the time, I did bed placement for the local hospital. So I had all these nurses and stuff that I could talk to. And I have doctors and stuff that I talked to all the time. So anytime I had a question, I could just text one of them. So I kind of had it easy that I didn't have to make an appointment with my primary care physician. But just the support system after, I think, is the most important thing. If, if you, whether you had surgery or not, if you're on a weight loss program, not having that support system at home is one of the hardest things. Um, as I was trying to do my pureed diet, my girlfriend's family, I'd go over there and have dinner with them, and they would cook pork chops and stuff. And anytime her dad would call and ask if we wanted for dinner, he would always ask if I can eat this or if I can eat this or what is it that I can eat that he can make me. So just the fact that I had people that were willing to go the extra step to make sure that I could eat with them and still fit in, even though I was having to have pureed stuff or soft food, like that made my journey after surgery a little bit easier just because I was having people willing to help me help myself. What do you think it took for you? Like, what have been the biggest changes in terms of your relationship with food in the end? I don't think about what my next meal is. There are some days where I will forget to eat just because I get so busy. But before, whenever I was eating, I was always thinking about, oh, if I eat McDonald's right now, I could probably get Papa John's or Domino's pizza for lunch, and then I could probably go to Chipotle or Taco Bell for dinner. Before, my head was always telling me what I could eat my next meal, where I was going to get it from. So I was already pre-planning my meals. Now I wake up and I have the same thing for breakfast every day. I do a scrambled egg and a turkey sausage patty with a little bit of cheese. And I've had it almost every day for the last two years. So now I wake up and I'm not thinking about what I'm eating later on. I'm just worried about the healthier thing that I'm eating now. And then focusing more on going to the gym and I'll have my protein shake after so I'm focusing more on making sure I get my water in, making sure I get my, my calories in for the day, getting my protein in, and keeping up with moving around and not laying around all the time like I used to. So just not thinking about the fast food and the things that I was before to now. It's, it's kind of weird how my mind works about how I used to wake up thinking about food, and now I wake up and I look at my watch and... If I work at two o'clock, I'm like, oh, I could, I could probably go to the gym before work. When before it was, oh, I could wake up and go get breakfast and come back and take a nap. I just, 
that it's weird to me how my mind thinks about working out now instead of sleeping all the time or playing video games all the time or eating out all the time. No, it's, it's, well, it's a significant change and a significant mental shift. And do you think, do you, do you think part of that is what life is like for you now in your body? You know, we, we talked about what it was like at the car show, you know, as, as the kind of the, the example of what life was like for you before, you know, getting out of breath, pain, you know, all of that. Like, what do you think? the fact that you you can physically do more now has more to do with the fact that you want to do more. I think a little bit it does. I mean, before when I was wrestling and playing football, I was going to the gym and, and working out, not as much mm. as I do now, but I was, I was watching what I ate and trying to work out. But now that I've had the surgery and I do work out more, I am, I am so afraid to gain my weight back that I think that's what mentally keeps me going. Is just that fear of getting bigger again. And so that, that obviously makes me ask, like, is it in your perspective, is, does that to you, does it feel like a healthy fear or like that drives you? Or does it sometimes feel like it's something that's, you know, overwhelming? Uh, A little bit of both. I think in a healthy wise, it keeps me going to the gym and working out, but then in a non-healthy way, when I step on the scale and I see the scale go up, it mentally eats at me because I know I'm doing all this work. I'm going to the gym two to four days a week. And to see that number go up after I've worked hard to get it to go down kind of eats at me. But within the last couple of weeks, I've had um, a body comprehension test where it kind of measures your body fat and everything. I've gained 10 pounds of muscle in the last four months. And I've slimmed down. I've gained. 12 pounds in the last, since September, but I've slimmed down so much and I've gained 10 pounds of muscle. So like the doctor saying, you're fine. Like that's a good weight gain, but still that number going up gets at me a little bit. Mm. Does it help, you know, having that data to, you know, behind it, like just kind of from the emotional side, like, does it, does it help or does it still, do you still have that thought of the scales going up? Um, a little bit of both. I think it helps to know that what I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing, just not health-wise, but I have the physician backing me up saying that I'm doing the right thing, but then still knowing that I went from 500 down to 238, and now I'm back up to 247, it's just kind of, it still weighs a little bit on me. It makes me, I wouldn't say like it forces me to try to cut out calories or cut down anything. I just, I stick with what I'm doing because I don't want to change anything right now because what I'm doing is working for me. Which I think is, you know, and I don't mean to be like kind of putting you on the spot, diving into it, but I think it's important for us to talk about it because I think people have this picture of once you lose a significant portion of your weight, that everything changes. And sometimes it means that new challenges come up, you know, things that you might not have thought of before, you know, start to come into place. I think, yeah, and just trying to keep up with everything, I think, just because I can't, with my surgery and stuff, I can't eat a lot of things like I used to. So there are some people during their weight loss journey where they'll lose so much weight and then they'll take their, some people take breaks. Like, okay, I'm going to take a week or two break, have fun during the holidays, and then go back to it. 
I don't, I try not to do that because I don't want to get into my bad habits again. So I, I pretty much try to stick to my game plan. And then once you hit your plateau, because you're so used, your body gets so used to, to your workouts and what you're eating that you have to change it up and try to find something else that works. So you're still getting your protein and nutrition in instead of your normal routine that you're used to. You have to change it up a little bit. And are you, I know you, you've been working to put on muscle. Like, are you trying to lose more weight? Like, are you trying to be happy where you're at? Like, where, where are you at at that point in your journey now, man? My goal was 250. Um, I had the goal of 250. I, I went to Vegas earlier this year. And my goal was to hit 250 by Vegas because I wanted to go zip lining down Fremont Street. I hit my goal of 250. Um, I went zip lining and I was so nervous because you have to weigh in before you get suited up. And I stood on the scale and he gave me the thumbs up and he said, you're good. I looked at my girlfriend. I said, no, I'm not. And he goes, you're good. And I was like, what do you mean I'm good? He's like, you're under the weight limit. I'm like, dang it. I can't use that as excuse anymore. Um, so that was one of my, my first goals was just to go zip lining. Um, 250 was my main number goal. And I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at now. I have a lot of loose skin. Uh, my doctor said I probably have about 20 to 25 pounds of loose skin. Right now, when I'm working out, I can't really do my abdominal muscles because I, I think I have a small uh, muscle tear in my stomach, which I go see the plastic surgeon in just in about two weeks to take a look at that. So anytime I'm trying to do an ab any work my abs or my midsection, I have a sharp pain in my lower abdomen. So it's hard to work out my abs or my stomach. It's hard to do a lot of cardio because of my loose skin does jump around a lot and I could feel it pulling. So that's primarily why I focus on weightlifting right now and my chest and my arms and my back and my legs, just because I'm not doing a lot of moving around where my stomach's moving. Which is actually right, right a, now. that abdominal tear is, is a pretty common thing when people have been significantly overweight. It is. And that's what, um, I talked to with my surgeon be about is after I had lost the first hundred pounds, he said that I run the risk of having muscle tears in my abdomen because of how big my stomach was and how much fat content I have. When I first started, I had, I was 56% body fat, and I think I had 200, 265 pounds of just body fat on me. So now with my new test, I weigh less now than the amount of body, extra body fat that I was carrying around. And seeing those numbers, it kind of blew my mind. And when the lady came in to give me my results, she was amazed because she's like, We've, we haven't had anybody lose this amount of weight as quick as you did. And I, I go to my weight loss group meetings every month. We have one. And everybody was like, oh, what did you do? And I always tell them that pamphlet of papers that they gave you, your first meeting, I said, just follow those rules and just stick with it. I said, what these people are telling you, I said, I promise it works. Like the dietitians, the nutritionists, like they know what they're talking about. There's a reason that they're telling us what to do. But I just, you got to put in the hard work. Mm -hmm. That's it. So what... What are your goals that you're working on now, man? Like, what are the things that are in focus for Brit? Um, right now, my main goal is to get skin removal surgery. Um, I'm hoping to have that before summer. Um, I really, 
just that's pretty much weight loss wise is just try to get skin removal surgery and focus more on the lifting weights and the shaping up my arms and my back because I'm trying to tighten up my skin and my arms so I don't have to get surgery on my arms. Um, but yeah, I just, just try to keep up with, with everything. Um, do more stuff with my daughter and my girlfriend and her daughter that I wasn't able to before. Uh, we just recently got kayaks. So I'm excited to do that because before I was too heavy, I, I probably would have had to put a life jacket on the kayak instead of myself just to keep it floating. Um, I've been able to go on bike rides. I promised my daughter for years that I would take her on bike rides. And when I hit the 200 pound weight loss uh, goal that I had for myself, when I got down to about 300, I bought myself a really nice mountain bike. I paid like a thousand dollars for it just because I wanted to make sure that it was going to hold me. So I took her on bike rides and then I went ice skating for the first time since I was probably 12. So I just, being able to do that stuff, like that's just my goal moving forward is just to keep up with my weight loss to be able to do things with my family and not just sit there and watch like I used to. Mm. Which is awesome, man. And, you know, with everything that you, you've, you've come through, you know, and, and, and like you said, like I, I want to highlight like it, it has been, a, you know, a relatively fast transformation. Like mm-hmm. your surgery was in 2021. You know, we're, yep. we're, we're just, we're, well, when this drops, it'll be 2023, but we're recording a few days before, like there's, it's been a significant change, you know, that's happened fast. And, you know, it, it, I think the good thing there is like that awareness that you've had, um, as you've been going through it of the importance of doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and, and follow things properly and, and kind of stay there and, you know, now learn the lessons that come with, with what happens as you step into the future, you know? It's moving from that place of, you know, we go from that, you know, we hear a lot, you know, especially on this show, like people talk about being like life as, as the bigger guy, life as the weight loss guy. And then there's what comes next. And too often we don't, we don't discuss what comes next because, you know, it's like you're moving on to the next story or something along those lines, or, you know, people are dealing with challenges. Like, so I think it's, it's, it'll be exciting to see what comes next for you, man, as, as you move into the kind of the next stages of your journey. And I think the other part of, losing weight is when you set your goals for yourself, whether it's you want to get down to an extra large shirt, like just to stick with your goals, even if they seem out of reach, just stick to them. Because once you hit your goals, it feels 10 times better than you thought it was going to be. One of my, I love going to concerts. Um, One of my things I'd always wanted to do is go crowd surfing. I went to a three day music festival this summer and my goal was to crowd surf during my favorite band. I had talked about it for months. Um, my weight loss program, I had mentioned I was going out of town to this concert. And the nurse that runs the program, she goes, wasn't your one of your goals when you first started the program to crowd surf? And I was blown away that she remembered that from a year and a half before. Um, but my main goal was to crowd surf. I got to this show. My favorite band was up. And it happened to be on almost the one year anniversary from my surgery. It was almost about a uh, two years from my doctor's visit when she told me I wouldn't be here in five years. The song that came on happened to be the song from my ex-girlfriend. She let, ditched me at the, same, at the same concert years before. And just like mentally, I'm like, okay, I'm going. And the, there's two guys in front of me. There were smaller guys. I'm like, there's no way they're going to be able to lift me up. 
So I turned around, they lift me up, I went to push off the ground, and I was already gone. And next thing you know, I'm crowd surfing, uh, and like, just mentally, like, I was like so emotionally like overwhelmed that I was doing it after talking about it for so many years. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I had found a YouTube video, and I found myself in the YouTube video, and at the time, I didn't know, but the camera zoomed in on me, and I actually made it on the giant screen in front of like 70,000 uh, That's awesome. So like... That was just to be able to do that because I never, never in a million years that I think I was going to be able to go crowd surfing. I was always the one that was lifting people up and getting them, sending them to go crowd surfing. But just being able to do it, I I took a selfie the whole time, but I was very overwhelmed like the rest of the night by it. I can't wait to do it again. Mm. That's awesome, man. And overwhelming is a great, you know, I think it's 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 a good feeling of you know that encapsulates everything you know that that's gone on for you you know over the past year you know almost we're almost two years but like a year and a half really like that that's incre- you know it is is incredible man. I never thought I'd have tears in my eyes because I went crowd surfing. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, man, I have one more question to for you before we we start wrapping up, and that's for it. Like when you when you think about what you've gone through and where you've come from to where you are now like what for you have been the biggest lessons that you've learned just to be yourself and stick to your goals and even though you don't think that you can do it you can if you set your mind to it if something seems too hard or out of reach like i said stick to your goals i never thought when i first started this program that I would stick to it. I thought it was just going to be something that I would start and in a couple months fade out of it and quit going to my appointments. So to look back at where I started now to where I am right now, like I'm, I'm happy with myself, but I'm very surprised that I actually stuck to it because I had dropped, I'd quit doing every program I've done before. So I used to look at people side by sides and kept thinking to myself like, oh, I wish that'd be me one day. And now I post my side-by-sides and I get people that message me and they're like, oh, what do you do for your workouts? And it's, it's weird for me because I remember sitting there thinking like, I want to look like that. And now that I'm starting to lose the weight and people are messaging me, it's, it's weird to me because I'm not anything special. Like I did the same program everybody else did. But just, I try to inspire other people to keep up with their journey like I did with mine, because there's a lot of negativity out there that comes along with weight loss surgery. So I just, I don't know. I try to be positive and stuff in my post and in my groups. Um, I use, uh, you talked to Dalton Musselwhite a while ago. Uh, he's one of my biggest motivations. I watch his TikToks and his Instagram and stuff. And he kind of, I relate to a lot of his stuff. So he kind of keeps me motivated. Him and Papa Swolio telling me to go to the gym. Um, but yeah, they, they keep me motivated. And then knowing that I have people that pay attention to me and that I motivate others, it keeps me going. Well, man, if if people do want to ch- check out your journey to definitely get some inspiration, but also follow along with your next crowd surfing and kayaking adventures, where do they find you? Um, I am on Instagram at Hostess Cake. It is H-O-S-T-A-S-S-C-A-K-E. Um, my wrestling name used to be Scotty Hostess, and I used to actually work for Hostess, so I spelled it with the A instead of the E because I didn't want to get in trouble. Uh, I was actually going to ask that question. I was saving that for the after show, but I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yep, that is no right. And also, 
If you are anywhere near, near Dwight, Illinois, on January 14th, I will be at the VFW Wrestling again. Nice. Well, we'll, well we're going we're gonna to talk about that in the Patreon after show. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Um, okay. But before we wrap up and head over there, man, I have five questions for you that I end every episode with called the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? I will give it my best. Okay. So question number one, Britt, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? John Panette. I like it. He's, he's my favorite. Oh, he, <laughs> he, he is up there for me, for sure. Um, and I think more than enough people don't. His, some of his stuff, like, I, I remember I was on a, a, like a road trip with a friend before, and one of his, you know, this is going to like even age me, but his CD had come out. Um, and just listening to the whole thing, like, crying like almost having to pull over from crying laughing like he was a hilarious gentleman so it, I, I like it it's crazy being a bigger guy like he's just telling these stories but how relatable some oh, of the yeah. stuff is that he's saying i think that's why i like him so much no oh, well and that's it's it's the comedians that use that that bit of their real experience in the, in the humor that you know connects with their audiences that's awesome Question number two, Britt, tell us what is something about yourself that you love? Um, I think, oh man, that's a hard one. I think right now I love my mindset on just moving forward and sticking to my goals and not letting things get to me like they used to. Um, when certain things happen or if something doesn't go my way, I used to get real depressed about it. And now things that would upset me before, if they happen now, I'm just like, Oh, Oh, well, and I move on. So just mentally I'm, I'm in a much better place across the board. So I think that. I like it. Question number three, man on your journey, what has been the most important new habit you've built? Um, the most important thing is probably just eating wise, picking out certain things to eat rather than what I used to. Like I said, instead of eating a whole piece of pizza, eating one piece of pizza, or actually a lot of times I make my own in the air fryer with flatbread and turkey pepperoni. But I just think the eating wise, trying to pick healthier, there's so much healthy options out there. I never knew that there's this much healthy stuff out there that tastes the same. I mean, I make protein cookies and the girls eat them and they're like, oh, these are pretty good. What's in them? I'm not telling you because mm -hmm. they're healthy. Just, <laughs> just eat it. Nice. I like it. Question number four, man. What's one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, just to spend more time with my family. I just, I want to spend more time with my girlfriend and the girls and just have fun. Whether we go on a trip or just hang out at house at the house and play with the dogs, just, just spend more time with them. I like it, man. That's important. And question number five, Britt, last question for you during the main show. If you could go back in time and, you know, you talked about the significance of, you know, stepping on the scale, maxing it out and kind of what that did to you mentally. If you could go back and talk to Britt that week, what would you say to him? I would tell him that all the struggles you're going through right now 
it gets better. Um, keep your head up. You're going to be okay. You're going to come out better in the end, no matter what you're going through between, I, I mean, I got divorced in 2015. So between the divorce, my breakup afterwards, losing my house, like all of that is going to be worth it in the end on where you're going to be mentally, physically, emotionally, lifestyle wise, just everything you've gone through is going to be worth it just to keep to it. I love it, man. And that is a great note for us to wrap up this conversation. Britt, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. It was my honor to have you on the show, man. So everyone, Britt's contact information will be in the show. Not not like his home phone number and address, but his social contact information will be in the show note for today's episode. And Britt and I are going to jump over to the Patreon after show. So if you are not yet registered for the Fat Guy Forum Patreon, what are you doing with yourselves? There's a lot of you listening to the show and not as many of you are are in that Patreon. So if you want to hear what we continue to talk about after each main episode, come on over and join us. And then my friends, remember, you can always find me on Instagram at GourmetGhostKeto, Twitter at GourmetGhostKeto, email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com and all that jazz. And then go on, go outside, do something to amaze yourself today, my friends, because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here back on the Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.